Welcome! Welcome, St. Louis City fans, to this special throw-in episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm being joined today by Sean Cave Dweller Campbell, um, producer Mason's manning the boards, and uh, we're going to give a little preview of the Charlotte match. Our second time through, for the first time in nearly 100 released episodes, we had to entirely re-record because of technical difficulties. It was bound to happen, and well, it did. Uh, but we're that's neither here nor there. Let's get into the action. There is some St. Louis City SC news, aside from the upcoming game on Saturday. Uh, the City signed Michael Creek as the third goalkeeper. This is mainly a depth move, gives him the... That third goalkeeper in case of injury because of the uh, League's Cup and U.S. Open Cup adding a lot of extra uh, games on the uh, schedule for them. And uh, also, you know, you kind of need third goalkeeper. Uh, he was with City 2, if that name sounds familiar, last season. Uh, he was signed this week. Uh, and he'll be there for the first game at City Park. Yes, soccer is coming home. And uh, for the big match, one we won't want to miss, we'll be at the Schlafly Tap Room uh, across the street from City Park. The free game extravaganza starts at 4 p.m., not 3, not 5, 4 p.m. As the St. Luligans say, there's a lot to get ready for this. The St. Luligans are uh, basically hosting it. Also, the Punks, the Thieves, Florida Noise, they'll all be there. I know uh, STL Santos will be at uh, at uh, Beffa's. No Nap City is going to be uh, at. Uh, They're going to be at, at Union, Union Station, Station. right yep. there by the Around right the there aquarium. by the wheel. Yep, and there'll be uh, other watch parties and festivities all across the city. If you're not coming downtown, remember also, even if you don't have tickets, you could come down there, uh, enjoy the festivities, get ready for the match with uh, all of us supporters, uh, and. Uh, Enjoy that, and then Schleifley's going to have the game and watch party there as well. Then you can meet up with us afterwards, as we'll come back after the match, uh, just to hopefully celebrate with great joy after the match. Uh, no matter where you are, meet at the parking lot behind Schlafly's at 6.30 for the march to the stadium. The march will start uh, precisely at 6.45, and also, if you don't have a ticket, you can do the march to the stadium. Uh, and then peel off and go to where you will to watch the thing. We encourage everyone to be there to uh, celebrate this historic event with all of us. And if you don't and have tickets, you... I will be staying at Schlafly Tap Rooms. You can come join me and listen to me there yell and go. scream at the at the at the TVs. <laughs> and uh, either even if you're not at the game, if you're going to be at some at the watch parties, you want to get to know what some of the chants are because people. Very well, like Sean, might be starting chants with Inside the Bar. You could go to fleurdenoise.com, hit the big button on the front that says chants, and uh, then you could take a look at some of the major chants and even get the full list if you find that link and look at those. Uh, in the buildup, there's been a lot of events going on this week. We've been very, very busy. And now adding a second show to the week has added uh, other pressure on our time. But we did go on Monday for the club put a season kickoff happy hour on at the Hellcat Brew Pub within the stadium. Uh, we had uh, a lot of people from the club was there, including the owner, Carolyn uh, Kendall. Lutz was there. And uh, Carolyn Kendall did share the story of Jack Taylor. Uh, about her grandpa Jack, who did fly Hellcats um, during the war, 
Got a wonderful mural you'll be able to see from within the stadium, or I believe quite well outside as you look into the uh, brew pub as well on that. A couple of interesting things. There was some questions from the crowd. That's where the interesting things came from. Uh, with one question, Lutz did say that he found that the MLS's uh, salary cap structure made it easier to build just simply because the money was limited. Uh, agents, players, and all that could ask what they wanted, but he had a definitive cap, unlike he had over in Europe, to where he could just say, well, we just can't do that. Um, you want to be part of it? Here's what we could do for you. Um, and also, after a question from the crowd, uh, Peter Wood with the club stated that there will be expanded Spanish language inclusion into the app and content. He also mentioned that Santi Beltran uh, did approach him about doing a Spanish language city voice put out by the club on that. And perhaps the greatest thing was when asked about rivalries, Lutz wouldn't refer to the club closest to us as Sporting Kansas City. He just called them Kansas repeatedly on that. A uh, whole bunch of us there thought that was a hoot, and uh, I think we believe that's something we just might roll with in the future, especially with that home game coming up against Kansas a little later on in the season. Uh, also, on Wednesday night, uh, we were all there, all four of us. Chris isn't with us today. Um, at the St. Luligans Toast to the Season sort of get-together, not really an event, at Second Shift Brewery, uh, we saw many old friends and met, actually, Surprisingly, quite a few new ones that decided to show up as they're getting all excited about the club. And uh, all the excitement surrounds match day. Match day two for City, the first home game for the MLS club in history. They'll be hosting uh, Charlotte on this one. And we got a little preview of uh, what to expect from Charlotte. They took a disappointing loss at home to New England. Uh, they did just didn't work clicking all the way around. Perhaps they were affected by the poignant Anton Wilkes remembrance. You might remember Wilkes uh, uh, was killed tragically in an accident during a preseason training down in Florida. They seemed disjointed and surprisingly blasé about the whole match with their home opener in front of over 60,000 fans. Uh, their defense on a very late goal by New England just wasn't very good. Uh, they did not deal with a turnover in their own end as in any way, shape, or form as they should have. And this leads to something that we think could be a really good opportunities for City to exploit during this match on Saturday. And they also got tore up by a 17-year-old midfielder, Noel Buck, of the Revolution. He had himself a game and uh, was very much involved. He's the one that broke up the uh, counter for Charlotte, turned the ball over in their end and started the goal-winning sequence. Uh, they also, Charlotte, did have to rely upon their goalkeeper, Cisniega, for quite a few big saves in that match. So that gives you a background of it. We wanted to take a look at uh, some of the strengths uh, that Charlotte has that they bring to the match. Before we get into strengths and such, I do want to give a quick little update uh, for those that may not have it didn't really get publicized too much, but on FOTMOB, I noticed that it looks like um, Joao Klaus and Jared Stroud are both listed as questionable with knocks that they took in the Austin game. So that might mm. change some things. Um, I, I don't know how, how much stock to put in that, but we know that Indiana Vasilev will not be playing. He is out for concussion and a probable broken nose as well. 
No, late stuff, since we're having to record late. I hadn't caught that. You were on top of it. Um, the things so you do when look- you're researching for a blog post for <laughs> another yeah, yeah. website that, you know, come up. And then, you know, if you guys want to read it, I have posted it on Twitter. So please go take a look at that. You can read it while you listen to us jabber on. And hopefully you can get this right on your way to the game and really just be prepped and ready going into it. Yeah, that's uh, that's big news. Uh, Klaus was so effective with and without the ball. Uh, during that match, Stroud was much better than I expected, though he was going up against a team that he knew what they were going to do in that match. Um, even if they can play, look for him to have limited minutes, perhaps not even start, and come off the bench in the second half. That's a big deal and uh, something to really look at and see how it affects the club. The uh, strengths, uh, the depth, the strength of depth, I should say, is going to be tested very early on in the season for St. Louis City SC. Uh, Charlotte's strengths is really lies in their attack. They've signed a ton of attacking talent. How top in that talent is is yet to be seen. Um, but uh, you have to even watch out for their uh, center back, Bill Tulioma, who came over uh, recently from Portland in a big trade. Uh, he has a thunder boot on him and can uh, really cause havoc from well outside the box. Uh, Svidersky playing off Capetti is very compelling but they've had a short time to gel. Uh, they have a wonderful young uh, midfielder, Brent Bronico, and they brought in Ashley Westwood, who brings tons of uh, English Premier League experience, but he's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, he was he came over from Burnley, wasn't he? Also a longtime member of, was it Ash, Aston Villa? Yes, he, he, he spent a lot of time with Aston Villa, but almost all of his competitive years so far have been in the Premier League which is nothing to sneeze at regardless of which team you're on because getting just getting there is a huge accomplishment. Yep. And, uh, you know, the other thing about Charlotte is they've been out trying to uh, attract more talent. They had a fairly strong, uh, uh, you know, expansion season last year. They did not make the playoffs, but they were in the fight down to the last couple of weeks, and they have a ton of ambition to be better. But uh, we'll see if we're catching them at a good time very early in the season. Yeah, looking at the at the talent they have in the attack, what they're probably going to end up doing is we're going to see a lot of them, a lot of they're going to hold the possession a lot more than than City is, but City's not really a possession team, so that's to be expected. The thing is though, if you've got that experience from Carol Saversky and Westwood in the midfield, they're they're likely going to try to hem us in and and pass around the back and really wear out our defense and shifting us side to side, switching the point of attack, um, taking guys on to really get us, get our legs moving and, and give us some fits. Um, it, it, it could be very, it's going to, it could be a very big battle of attrition in the end um, with, with the way that they're going to play. And they might it, in the end, try to take our energy drink, soccer, high energy style and use it against us and turn our engines a little too much. It's possible. Uh, they also had chances in that 1-0 loss to the Revolution, but they didn't finish them. Um, but uh, that might fall under one of their weaknesses. Uh, you know, Enzo Capetti scored a lot of goals for Rossing in uh, Argentina last year, a ton. Uh, but he's not really had a chance to bet in yet. He, that showed in the first game. Uh, they do seem to have a particular weakness at left back. Um, they have Harrison Awful, but he did not start last match. It was Mora, 
And uh, he seemed to shirk his defensive responsibilities trying to get into the attack too much. Maybe it's something Rasmus Alm can uh, exploit in the match as well as the rest of the team. And, of course, uh, with all the social media infighting between the clubs for the past season, uh, we just don't like them that much, uh, to be quite honest. And they are going to come into what's going to be a very, very raucous affair. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely Um, calling this one the battle for the crown, if you will. Yeah, there you go. And uh, there's a few things that we love heading into this match. Uh, You know, they're unsettled on the left side. The defense is not their strength. Look for us when we get the ball to attack them quickly. They did not recover very well at all on that winning goal for New England. And that's something that they will have to change or City can eat them alive with turnovers. And uh, that being said, the high press can totally disrupt them. Uh, you know, Westwood has a lot of experience, won't get flustered, but uh, is he ready for the speed of uh, the City 2 team? We'll find out. That'll be something that we can see. Uh, Austin managed to match City's intensity in that first match as well they should. Uh, Is Charlotte going to be able to do the same? Because there was nowhere near the intensity of that City-Austin match in the game that Charlotte played against New England. And yeah, um, look, looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, I'm going to try to start doing this every week. I'm going to give, give you guys my quote unquote keys to the city. Uh, a couple of quick points to try to explain how we can exploit what they've got going on and how best we can win our matchup. Uh, this week, it's very simple. Our three keys are outwit, outpace, and outlast. Um, the outwit, it's very simple. Just, you know, sit in and and do our high press, get in on their possession, close down the spaces, make them make the bad passes, and eventually they'll make one, we'll cut it out, and we can turn on the other side. Outpace, use the speed on the wings because they too, they have the two aging guys in Swiderski, who's not exactly a spring chicken. Uh, Westwood is quite up there. Use the pace on the wings and and make you know our back line is very good and they show that against Austin at getting back in time to really defend even after say an attack doesn't pan out the way we want uh, and then outlast is not necessarily bunkering down and parking the bus but just weathering the storm using our stout defense to our advantage and then just quickly flying it up the field with a quick direct ball over to whoever ends up starting up front um, so yeah if we can outwit outpace and outlast it should be a very good day on the pitch for the boys yep and uh well that's something to watch now let's look at some of the things we're going to hate coming into this match um you know charlotte can have their moments late last season they ripped the philadelphia union apart with a in philadelphia has a similar style to us not exactly but uh uh charlotte really took them to pieces in a shocking victory that probably cost uh, the union the supporter shield, how much of that was having to do with them exploiting the system and how much did it have to do with the union just having a bad game during a very good season? Um, I guess we'll find out a little answers to that on Saturday, won't we? Yeah, for sure. I, I mostly chalked that one up to Philly just having an off week because you can't win every single game. Yeah. And Charlotte came to play the union didn't, and that happens in the MLS because the difference between teams with the enforced parity is so small. Um, they do have a talented attack. Uh, Swiderski's very good on the wing in the run. 
if they beat the high press, we're going to have issues. And, uh, well, this is something that we really probably are going to say every match day during this uh, inaugural season and perhaps uh, onward afterwards um, about outlasting one of your keys to the game. One thing that could affect it, and the news about injuries could also affect this very much, is it really kills our depth. Um, and City spent got spent very early uh, last week uh, just due to the style. Uh, they were quite tired at the end. Uh, and they're probably going to spend a lot of energy early just with the excitement and the nerves of the first home match in front of the big crowd. And, uh, you know, also with the emotionality of having that huge victory last week um, against a very good team with Austin. I do think, though, one big positive that I noticed from Carnell's tech tactics and and ability as a coach he was very timely with his subs he noticed who was act who was tiring out the most and who was you know slowing down the runs a little bit to conserve for a big push late on um so he knows these guys he knows who who can go longer and who needs to actually come off he was very effective with his subs um everybody that came on made an impact on the game miguel perez got into the game uh that was a bit unexpected but he had a really good showing for the you know the little bit that he was on there um, he may come on a little earlier and I, I really think we're going to see another use, full use of the full complement of subs and they, they will be effective. The, the question is though, who ends up starting in those positions? Cause that's what left wing in the, in that midfield attacking line of yep. three. And then who's up front. Um, in my I think opinion, it'll be Joe Yeah. I was going to say my opinion, my heart says Joe Akini, but I wouldn't be surprised if Adeniran gets a run out yep. at the start. And if at halftime he's not kicking on, they move Joe Akini to the front. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Akini starts out wide and then moves into that central role if Adeniran comes out, uh, depending on that how the game's rolling. Uh, but but I think Alm's going to start because he looked really good in in the 60 minutes that he played. And, and and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. Um, that midfield triangle, the central trio, as I'm dubbing them myself, they're going to stick together, and it's going to be Loven, Blom, and Ostrak all season long, as long as they can go. I guarantee it. Um, but Miguel Perez will likely come in at some point for Ostrak again and could really tear some things up, and I hope he gets his first goal. Yeah, and uh, one thing to watch is... Uh... Rasmus Alm was very dangerous. He didn't get the finishes, and a couple, at least one of them, he probably should have. Uh, but he tired very early. Uh, is this a fact of he's not quite in game shape yet? It's early in the season that affects a lot of players all over the world in any league. And um, or is he inefficient with all the running that he's doing? Something to keep an eye on, and that applies to the team. Uh, be more efficient in the way that they run around like mad so that they don't get spent too early, but they are going to have to rely on subs, um, perhaps even look for Celio Pompeo to get a longer run out in this match, something I'm looking at. Another thing to watch is Charlotte will have parsed the film of that victory over Austin and found that the key to City's victory was Edward Leuven. They're going to really work to limit his touches and take him out of the attack, moving the ball if they get a turnover, uh, in Charlotte's end and f uh, facilitating uh, passing up into the attacking third. Uh, City will probably have to make some adjustments on that, especially if these injuries do start affecting uh, who plays and how many minutes on that. 
I think where that's where we're going to see that is um, if they're going to try to end up pushing that ball out to the wings to Westwood and Swiderski um, just to keep it out of that those central channels that Leuven and Blom are going to be sprinting up and down all all game box to box. Um, and that's where our wingbacks in Nelson and Nowinski are going to come up huge. Those guys can fly and they need to use that that pace to really shut down that space in the midfield. Um but like they did last game, be good at ta- you know taking turns so that it's not the same guy running up and down all all game, and then just having the same three guys sit back there and and get be that last line of defense. Yeah, and Tim Parker's a very very pacey center back. That's his, probably his biggest attribute. He can help with that, but that'll pull him out of position. So I'll be watching to make sure that uh, Kyle Hebert holds his position as well as he did against Austin to help cover for uh, when Parker. Rome's about trying to put out fires. Hebert's there to uh, try to hold the fort, so to speak. Uh, and uh, speaking of the speed on the wings for Charlotte, uh, Austin, especially at the beginning of that second half when they really had control of the match, uh, they had started to overload our fullbacks. Our uh, defense was very centrally focused. Probably That could be game time. Austin's very good at attacking through the middle, uh, but our shape was very narrow. Um Charlotte will probably have seen that, and they'll try to use those wings to get out on the outside. Uh, I'm sure that Carnell is aware of that, so he'll make adjustments as well within the system. I think he, uh, I did hear some of the national people talk that uh, City looked like Carnell's Red Bulls team when he took over when Chris Armas was fired as an interim coach. They had been so terrible in attack. Carnell had really pushed that attack much better. And they pushed on and actually made the playoffs that season when they looked hopeless. He did a very good job, but didn't get the overall head coaching job at uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, so look for him to uh, find tweaks to make this work. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I, I would expect that out of someone who was named Coach of the Week for the MLS Team of the Week this week. Yeah. And uh, he, did a, he was highly regarded coming out of the Red Bulls. City got him because the style matches his style. Uh there was people even in Europe looking to bring him over to help coach as well, but he stayed in the MLS and came to the good guys on this one. Um, so there's our look at what we expect. A pretty quick hitter here, I think we're going to have. But any other thoughts about what you're expecting from the match, Sean? Um, one last thought, just going back just a little bit. Um, in Charlotte attempting to limit the touches of Loven on the ball, in addition to them, you know, trying to play it out wide, what we could see in Carnell's tactics would be with Tim Parker having pace. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him slide up into that six temporarily, and it will narrow our defensive shape on that back line a little bit, bringing the wing the the wing backs in a little bit. But if we do that further up the pitch, that can move Loven or Blom to then slide up even further and then go out wide and really put double pressure on whoever has the ball um, and kind of have a, a bit of a, a pivot, Y-shaped pivot going there. Yeah, and another thing to watch on this with the uh, if Stroud and Klaus aren't able to get out and play as much as we were anticipating, uh, Bloom also had a longer run out because of the injury to Vasilev. Uh, is he good fit for an entire match? Because he could really help in facilitating attack. His ball handling skills really kind of surprised me. Especially being able to hold position, uh, a possession um, in tight quarters. Uh, that could very well help in trying to break down anything they do to try to press Leuven as well. 
I think the biggest thing we got to we have to make sure we clean up, though, is last game. I did notice we were a bit not sloppy, but that first touch was a little bit clumsy. And I think a lot of that was first game jitters. Um, I think they'll they'll really hammer on that in training this week. And we could see that really cleaned up a bit. Uh, Balls were a little bit mistimed, but it wasn't too catastrophic. Um, and I think as long as they can remain calm after that first that first 15 minutes is going to be absolutely key to the game in settling in and and making sure we can cut down on those, you know, heavy first touches and and the, the you know, slightly off weighted balls. Yeah. And uh, City's pass uh, completion rate was pretty low, actually, 77 uh, percent or even a tick lower than that. Austin, of course, being an accomplished possession team, had a higher pass possession than you would have thought, considering how much our press had actually disrupted them, especially in that first half. That's something to keep an eye for. Uh, could be first game jitters in this one, Sean. That's going to be a big crowd, and there's a lot of excitement about the opening of this stadium. And uh, MLS coming to the loop. Um, they definitely fed off that energy in Austin, though, and I could see them easily feeding off it again here. Yes. And it's going to be a big part of all the supporters in the stadium. Uh, they know that they're expecting uh, big support also, not in the stadium, but all around the city and the region. Uh, they saw the videos of us all watch at the watch parties, how nuts and packed everything was, and they'll take heart from that as well as they know that everyone's behind a, the team. Um, one of the big summaries is, is Charlotte really ready to enter the pit and face our hungry and relentless Hellcats? It's a big question. They didn't really look uh, that ready against a revolution team that also is weak on defense like Charlotte. Um, and there was a lot less intensity in that match than there was in the Austin match. Uh, without the news of the uh, questionable status of uh, Klaus and Stroud, I really was very confident that uh, we were going to uh Kick Charlotte's uh, butts all the way through the arch and past the Outer Banks. Uh, but uh, that kind of puts a temper on this. Also, uh, the amount of energy they expended and the way they got spent early. And what we saw in preseason, I'm also a little worried about City leaking a late goal. Uh, much as they did in the end of the first half uh, in the Austin match. So uh, my pick is that uh, it's going to be a rather disappointing draw against Charlotte at 2-2 as Charlotte scores in like the last 10 minutes of regular time. You got a pick for this match, Sean? Oh, yeah. Um, even even knowing that uh, Klaus and Stroud might not play, I'm still pretty confident that City can get the, the big win in their home opener. They take the energy from the crowd. They put it on the pitch. They focus. They dial in. They get everything going just right. Berkey comes up huge late game because I guarantee you we're going to give up a couple of chances late just because we're going to be running running on empty almost. But Berkey's going to come up huge. He's going to get that first clean sheet, and I think we're going to end up getting a 2-0 victory in, in this home opener and really put a stamp of, hey, we're here. Pay attention to this flyover city. We're not joking around. And uh, between the fandom types of fans that uh, Sean is and I am, he's a very optimistic fan. I'm a very pessimistic fan. So if you take the average of that, that's a 2-1 victory for City. And hey, that's still three points. It <laughs> would be great. That's right. And, uh, you know, there's only been a handful of uh, expansion teams that started off their careers in MLS with six points. 
I believe that the ones that did was LAFC, Atlanta United, and the Chicago Fire back in 1998. And if you're not aware of MLS history, the Chicago Fire as an expansion team back then won MLS Cup. Well, to be so fair, though, to be fair, though, the Fire were also really only an expansion team because they came in in the second year of the league as opposed yeah. to being a founding member. And I'm not sure of the whole politics behind that, but I guarantee you they were supposed to be there in that first iteration in that first season. So not sure how we how, how, how much stock we could put in them. But in recent memory, I believe it was just LAFC in Atlanta. I could be wrong. Um, I think that's all, yeah, from what I read. Hopefully we stick uh, around like LAFC does then. and not fall off like Atlanta did. Now it comes down to, uh, you know, being smart in the front office with who you sign. Uh, the fire were, they went out and got a hot young coach by the name of Bob Bradley. Had a very distinct idea of how he wanted to play and got the players that he wanted to utilize for his system. Sound I've familiar? Nev- I've- I've never heard of him before. Is he is he still coaching or did he just kind of like fall off the map like that whole early generation of MLSers? Well, it's important to note that he was also the coach of LAFC when they won their first two expansion teams. And he's not having the same success in Toronto right now, though that team was not built very well and that fell apart. But uh, built well now. So we're calling it right. Two one the city. I'm still confident it's going to be a, a two nil. I I I think Berkey's going to have a huge night. I've got him on my fantasy team for a reason. Yep. All right. Well, anything else to add before we go ahead and wrap up this quick hit to take a look at Saturday's match, Sean? Uh, if you if you guys are listening and you think I'm wrong and you want to yell at me, please find me on Twitter. Join our Discord community if you wish and yell at me there. Join the conversation. Let's have some fun with it. You can also find him at the pregame festivities as well as myself. We will be there. Just don't let and, it get uh, physical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah. Uh, St. Luligans have like uh, two rules, uh, three rules. Show up, make noise, have fun, don't be a <laughs> <laughs> And the only hard, fast rule is uh, don't be a <laughs> So uh, that's about it for this. We're all so excited for the match. And I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your resident cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And for producer Mason running the boards, we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now.